0: Imagine you're from the Philippines.
1: Ooh, fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's fried chicken.
0: So it isn't the safest country, but you have a good job and you're pretty thoroughly middle class. Mm. You're going to the US, you're going to work as a chef to provide for your family, your beautiful wife, and your two daughters. So you make sure that they're safe while you're gone, alright? You choose to live in a beautiful, nice, gated community with a good reputation. BF Homes, Banake, is in the metro Manila area. And it's known for being really strict with who they let in and out of the compound, right? Right. There's just one gate with guards, and the guards make their rounds. They're not like, you know, sometimes you see the security uncle, they shine the light, but they don't really do anything. Mm. Yeah. It feels secure. You feel secure, so you leave and go to your job. It was thirty years ago on the evening of thirtieth June, nineteen ninety one. Okay. There were three family members in the home: forty-nine-year-old Estralita Visconde, the wife. Yeah. Right. Nineteen-year-old Maria Carmela Visconde, so she was known as Carmela, and six-year-old Jennifer. So, the next morning, the family's two helpers, they wake up to a devastating scene. First, they find a broken window, and then, a messy house. They walk further into the house, and the whole place is covered in blood. Estrelita, Carmela, and Jennifer, they had all been stabbed to death, and in total, the women of the Visconde family, they had 49 stab wounds, alright? The, the floor was just soaked in blood. So the-
1: you know, then help us to an then that <laughs> and they counted the that wound no I was then, like oh, after- one more until 50
0: <laughs> it was afterwards like you know oh, the okay. coroner <laughs> alright imagine <laughs> imagine <Right>. Ruben <laughs> please yes Astralita she had been tied up and there had been a pillowcase stuffed into her mouth and Carmela was found partially clothed so she had been raped hmm. and to this day the killers have never been found, and the case remains unsolved. Hi, I'm Teddy.
1: Uh, I'm Ruben.
0: And welcome to A Brief Case. Today, we're covering the Visconde family massacre.
1: a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben! <laughs>
0: <laughs> to put it lightly, the public felt like this case was massively mishandled. Initially, they thought that it was a robbery gone wrong. So they found a stone that looked like it might have been thrown through the window. And Estrelita's handbag, it was messed up. Like, you know, like somebody was digging through it.
1: Right.
0: The crime scene itself felt mishandled based on what was described. It wasn't that far back, but DNA evidence wasn't properly collected and they didn't exactly try to preserve the scene. And from watching a bunch of different documentaries, or even like watching, you know, Dexter or Lucifer, mm. right? They usually try to document and preserve as much of the crime scene as possible, right?
1: In the US, in this Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Ruben, please, don't, don't start this again. I'm sure they... Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright. But, okay, because the father, Lauro Visconde, he was returning back to the Philippines, all right, the extended family asked if they could clean the house.
1: But he's coming back because they were dead, right?
0: Yeah. And, but then the police was like, sure, go ahead and clean the house because, you know, he needs somewhere to stay anyway.
1: Right. It's okay. Yeah. doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think that you want to come back. You know, you're like, oh, my family's dead. Let me go back and stay in mm. the house where they were killed. So after that, they cleaned up the house and they literally, right... They burned the
1: bait sheets. As in the extended family burned the, bait the sheets.
0: They burnt the bait sheets where like the murder and the rape happened So there's okay. like no DNA because the bait sheets are burned
1: They burned it because there was blood on it
0: Yeah, and they were like, oh, let's just burn the bait sheets to get rid of it right. Maybe it was like a superstitious yeah, thing
1: it Feels like a superstitious yeah. thing it's Like the spirit still yeah. in the bait
0: sheet. But like, I mean, okay Right. They didn't check any blood spatter or anything. And I'm not sure if it was because it was regional government or maybe because it was in the 90s, right? And DNA evidence at the time was moving very slowly in Southeast Asia. Okay. <clears throat> but I also read that the general opinion was that the police just didn't care that much. Lah. Mm. Yeah. And there were some people who thought that when they stopped looking for evidence is when they essentially gave up, right? So, the, this initial mishandling, it snowballed into a giant mess for the police.
1: From who? I didn't like the public? Yeah, from the public. Okay.
0: Okay. So, this was your typically middle-class Filipino family, and they were living in a gated community. And everybody thought that gated communities would be safe, right? Because that was the goal, to move your family into a gated community. Yeah. Right, And the police, they didn't have any leads at all To solve the crime So how could you, as a regular Filipino Be sure that the police would be able to keep you safe as well In your gated community?
1: I can't, I mean, okay, fair enough <laughs> uh, They have gated communities, I think Because they don't trust the police <laughs> like, <laughs> If not, you wouldn't have I mean, like, look at Singapore, like well, I guess condos are gated. <laughs> uh, I mean, like,
0: how could you be safe there, lah? <laughs> and how could you, like, if you want safe there, be sure that the police would catch the person that's like breaking into these supposedly safe gated company. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, a uh, a uh, car did drive into my last condo. That's true. Pool. <laughs> yeah, pool. Yeah. For lack of a better word, right, in the Philippines, this was a media shitstorm. Okay. So their pressure was on the police to solve the case. And I think the police also didn't predict that this case would get as much attention.
1: Hmm.
0: After three and a half months, they arrested six people of an Akiat Bahe gang. So I'm probably like not pronouncing it correctly, lah. This is like a robbery gang, and they allegedly, allegedly confess to breaking in to steal a hundred and forty thousand pesos, killing the family, and then running away.
1: What's the currency? Real money?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's so money? USD. I don't know. <laughs> Three thousand seven hundred ish. Okay. Yeah.
1: Goodbye like a- Car probably
0: mm. Alright so But the thing is that Their confession was a bit strange right For example They said that they brought the bodies Onto the second floor of the house mm. But the house had no second floor
1: Oh I see <laughs> Alright And they <laughs> right. said
0: that the They said that when they left They left because They ran away When the Visconde family dog chased them
1: they don't have a dog They don't
0: have a dog Yeah <laughs> Okay <laughs> Alright
1: If they were confessing To another murder They forgot their address <laughs> they
0: <were like laughs> No They were basically Fall guys So the police It's, it's assumed Alright That the police allegedly Just closed the case early Because they were just Going to get fall guys For it anyway
1: It's an interesting thing Right if, you, if the police Manage to convince These dudes To be fall guys The obvious thing Is to like Tell them the story That they're supposed to <laughs> to say like, Okay guys This is how the murder went down This is what you confessing to Don't come up with your own Shitty story And like shitty dog
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe they tried to But like these guys Just want like Very coachable You know Like some people Are just not coachable uh, so
1: they're, they're, they're like actors You need to ad lib <laughs> like, They have their inspiration
0: <laughs> So like Like any normal judge Would do He acquitted them like the judge,
1: because the of the errors in the
0: yeah, and even the family
1: was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's interesting. It must have a slightly different legal system in Singapore. Because in Singapore, if you're charged and you plead not guilty, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, if you plead guilty, then there's no trial. They won't investigate, like whether or not. Yeah, they you- just like oh. you're guilty. <laughs> so it's weird that they confessed and assumed they pleaded guilty and they still went and looked at what they are saying.
0: I'm sure that there was, like, pressure, like, externally, like, from the family and everything. Be like, their story isn't even straight. How can you, like, put these people out for a trial? So, okay, on top of pinning the murders on these men, it's alleged that these guys, these gang members, they were, like, tortured and coerced into the confession. So that was in 1993. And the police, they didn't have any other leads. And they wasted two years on, obviously, the wrong suspects. Or they just wasted two years not doing anything at all because they had four guys. Mm. So the case went cold for a couple of years And at this time It wasn't just a regional police looking into it Because it was such a media shitstorm, right? Yep. It was also Philippines National Bureau of Investigation you
1: know the FBI
0: NBI. NBI. PNBI PNIP <laughs> PNIP <laughs> P-N-B. <laughs> P-N-B. <laughs> Okay and um, On 28th April 1995 hmm. A witness appears with a surprising confession Okay Enter stage Four left. Four years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jessica Alfaro. So... Man,
1: their surname's all damn cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. jolly <jellies> it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's damn cool.
0: Uh, okay. So, Jessica... Jessica was a drug addict. Okay. Yeah. And she
1: just... She would have been killed by Dutate. <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: She did shabu, alright, which is a street name for meth that's used in Southeast Asia and parts of East Asia, like Japan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines. Shabu, shabu, isn't it? Man,
1: if like a (laughs) a hot pot fan went to (laughs) to (laughs) the Philippines and tried to order some hot pot He goes in and he's
0: like, excuse me, can I get (laughs) some shabu, shabu? The whole
1: restaurant turns to him, what?
0: (laughs) Okay, alright. And no, but then it isn't just meth So in the Philippines, they have it mixed in pills So it's, it's meth already, right? Yeah. But then they mix it in with caffeine Like, you know, like caffeine pills Like like freaking hydroxycut <laughs> And they put in meth into the hydroxycut
1: As in, they, what's the point? Wouldn't the meth be like so much stronger than the caffeine That the caffeine has no like purpose anymore?
0: No, so they, <laughs> they mix meth with the caffeine And that's shabu <laughs> Just so you're extra, extra right. Like
1: Maybe like they don't have good quality meth Or they can't afford a lot of meth So the caffeine like uh, makes you feel as though you're on drugs But actually you just on caffeine <laughs> <laughs> You, you cut, your, cut your meth with caffeine
0: Now Jessica, she was interesting She wasn't just into drugs, right? Mm. So now she comes up with this confession
1: She, she comes up with the confession <laughs> I mean, now she comes
0: forward with this confession And she just so happens to be an informant Okay. For the NBA,
1: As in for this case No For, she's, for other cases she, she's, she's, like, yeah, a she's like a general
0: informant <laughs> And then suddenly she she's comes She's very informed <laughs> With this Jessica <laughs> Right so All this, the drug connections This is what she actually said happened She was like This is what happened On the night of the murder Right, right. So this is her account of the events It's, it's Well You know Unsolved right okay. now So it was 30th June 1991 Jessica was hanging out with her boyfriend, Peter Estrada.
1: That's (laughs) their names, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and Jessica, Peter Estrada, his cool-ass friends, they were doing drugs. But don't do drugs, guys. Drugs are not cool. So this group of friends is about eight guys, and they included the children of prominent and rich families in the Philippines, including Mm. this one guy called Hubert Webb.
1: What? Hubert Webb?
0: Webb. W-E-B-B. Alright, So, now Hubert was basically set up to be the main suspect, the main perpetrator. Like, in this case, everybody else adopts his evidence, alright? So, he was the son of Freddie Webb. So, Freddie Webb, previously, he was a Pinoy actor, Mm. basketball player, and eventually a politician. So, like, the way I see him, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like, Pinoy. (laughs) Alright. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Alright. So, they were all doing drugs together, and then Hubert decides that he wants to hook up with Carmella. So... Who's Carmela? The daughter of okay. yeah. So does he ask her out? No, he doesn't. He decides that they would go to their house, go to Carmela, the Visconde house, right. and gang rape Carmela. But he was going to be the first person to gang rape her, and okay. everybody else could do it after. They were gonna use Jessica as bait to get Carmela and Estrilda to open the door but because
1: Carmela is friends with all these people.
0: No, she's. She's not really, but I think she kind of like knows of them. Maybe they like ran in the same area. dropped together. <laughs> no. <laughs> so because Astrolita was very protective of her daughter, right? And so she wouldn't let her daughter hang out with anybody except other girls. So she probably wouldn't open the door of the gated community or the door of the house if she saw a guy. But if she saw a girl, she'd be like, oh, Carmela's friend. Mm. So they drive to the house and... This is what Jessica says happened. Hubert follows Carmela into the living room, and Jessica claims at this point of time she goes out
1: of the house for a smoke. Wait, so Carmela just lets all of these people into her house? <laughs> <laughs> all these drug addicts who are like clearly high. This is like She's a like, yep. Okay, guys, come on in. From let's all the sources, this is like a let's uh, eat some fried chicken.
0: a question mark. You know what happens in between, but we know that like you know they get in and Carmela like. In. Wait,
1: so this gator community has like a security guard, right? Yeah, it has a security guard So he would have seen these people come in Because they didn't climb over the fence he or He should anything. have seen these people <laughs> come in He, he should, should have Clearly he is the first person that the police would ask Hey, mm-hmm. who came in today? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have Alright So when she went out She saw two of the guys getting kitchen knives While the rest of the dudes, you know, while waiting their turn They're all acting as lookouts outside the house Jessica, now she's out for the smoke. So she doesn't know what happens in the house. But according to what she said, that what the guys said after the whole incident when they're driving off, Hmm. first, they tied up and they killed Estrelita in the bedroom. Okay. And then on the same mattress that they tied up, stuffed a pillowcase in her mouth and killed Estrelita, Hubert started to rape Carmella. So imagine you're you're being raped next to your mom's dead body. Alright, and this whole time, Jennifer, the younger sister, she was asleep because they aren't that noisy, right? And so, she woke up while Carmela was being raped, and she jumped on Hubert to try to get him to stop. Hmm. And according to this version of events, he threw her to a wall, and then he stabbed her to death as well.
1: That's oh, messed up.
0: That's damn messed up. Then, after she saw her sister get killed, he continues raping Carmela. And around this time, Jessica finishes a smoke and she goes back into the house, into the room where there was a noise, right? And she saw the dead bodies of Estrelita and Jennifer mm. and she saw Hubert raping Carmela. And after that, she also said that she saw two of the other guys, Lejandro and Ventura, raping Carmela. And after they were done with her, they stabbed her to death. Mm. After the incident, she says she saw Hubert Webb, like maybe like, like, they aren't too clear about this, but she saw she saw Hubert Webb telling a policeman, Geraldo Byung, to take care of the house. Mm. Which might have explained why the police were so casual about letting the family clean up the house and, like, burn the bed sheets. Mm. Mm. She also says that much later, on March 1995 the policeman, the same policeman, Geraldo Byong he actually offered her a free ticket to the US to shut up and if she didn't shut up, she'll get herself killed. Okay. Yeah. And according to her, this is actually what pushed her to come up to testify. So because they threatened her, she came up to testify with Wait, her story in exchange for protection.
1: Right. So but they threatened her four years after the murder, as in like not threatened, her, but they asked her to go to the US four years after the murder. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> what did you do? It like <laughs> the, the week of the murder, be like okay, get lost. <laughs>
0: I too was a bit like, like four
1: years when everybody's forgotten about the murder.
0: <laughs> I too was a bit like, hmm. So after they threaten you, instead of acceding to their threats, you decide to do exactly what they tell you not to do. Mm. Yeah, now you're like, oh, I, I guess the story kind of checks out. But at the end of the day, um, don't forget that she's an informant. So she's motivated to keep the national police happy. And
1: she gets paid to be an informant. Is it? What, what is yeah, informants
0: her? get paid. Actually, no, I don't know about the Philippines, but in some countries, like for example, in the US, if you're an informant, you get money, like for valid info. But again, so I wouldn't be... As convinced, but this version of events, it was corroborated with other witnesses. Okay. So, for example, you know the policeman that threatened her? Yeah. His girlfriend, but I guess maybe ex-girlfriend after this, Lolita Bira. she testifies that she went with him to destroy evidence, like a murder weapon, and literally to pick up Hubert's jacket that he left behind. Yeah. That, like, maybe Hubert left behind a jacket and Geraldo went into the house and was like, oop, Hubert's jacket. Okay. Yeah. And that... One day she went with him And she saw Geraldo Biang Allegedly receiving money Which sounds like a bribe, But I don't know At a house that belongs to Freddie Webb Alright so this is number one supporting testimony Number two supporting testimony Comes from Hubert Webb's His family domestic workers Like the mates on stuff. So two of them They say they saw him at home On June 30th Very late night So this is something that you want to take note of Like Late at night On 30th June They saw him So As part of their jobs Which I'm also like Huh How come your job's so hard on They have to pick up And clean laundry Very early Every day at 4am They go around the house And pick up Everybody's laundry Okay Yeah Maybe because the family Comes in late Or something like that Right So they go to his room And they saw that He was awake and smoking And when They were doing his laundry They saw that There were blood stains On his shirt mm. So the maid, one of the maids, she goes back and she peeks into his room because she felt a bit uncomfortable, right? Because I would be a bit freaked Mm. out. And she saw just like Hubert, he was like sniffing something and he looked very uncomfortable and he was just pacing back and forth in the room.
1: What was he sniffing?
0: Don't know. She couldn't get like a clear view, I think. Mm. Alright, so now this is testimony number two. And there's another person who came forward. There was a security guard in Hubert Webb's neighbourhood because, you know, they all lived in gated communities. Okay. And he said that he saw Hubert and Hubert introduced himself a couple of days before. Very important.
1: Wait, um, security guard from Hubert's yes. condo or the like gated From community.
0: Hubert's condo, gated oh. community, who said that Hubert came up to him and introduced himself before, like, hi, I'm Hubert Webb, Freddie Webb's son.
1: But they've been living there for like a long time.
0: No, no. But this is important. Okay. Alright. Okay. And another security guard in the Visconde neighbourhood said that he saw three white cars. Aha! So the security guards were there. Okay. Yeah. They saw three white cars enter the subdivision where the Viscondes lived. And also, that the allegedly corrupt policeman, Geraldo Byong he was the first person on the scene. The very first person on the scene after... The, F- the Visconde family helpers found the bodies. Okay. So that's like witness three and four, basically. So it's all, I would say, quite damning evidence, if it's true. And even though there's still some doubt on Jessica's testimony, given that she's an informant, mm. there's so many other people coming forward to in- essentially back her story up, right? Okay. Now, the prosecution really focused on Hubert Webb as the mastermind of it all, with most of the evidence focused on him. But Hubert's Webb... His defense Hmm. was that he was in the US this whole time.
1: Quite clear, easy to find out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right? You'd think so. From March 9th, 1991, before the murder, way, way before the murder, Hmm. all the way to October 26th, which is quite a while after. Okay. Alright, and the web defense is very thorough. They had all this documentation. They had. Plane tickets. They had stamped passport. And according to this one Channel Five documentary, <laughs> <laughs> okay. which I am gonna say the Channel Five documentary is pretty good.
1: It's not a crime watch thing. No crime watch doesn't the a yeah.
0: no, no, no. So this is like a full documentary. So Hubert Webb even got the FBI, like the the FBI, FBI, to provide documents saying that Hubert was definitely hundred percent. Why would
1: the FBI care? <laughs> like I mean, I mean, like if. Was he working with them or something? Like, why would they? Why wouldn't they go to like the U.S. Immigration Authority? They do too. Okay, that makes sense. I think it's
0: like a request. But, right. Okay. Yeah. So I would say that that's pretty hard to fake, right? Like.
1: Yeah. I guess. What does the dad do again?
0: He he's a politician. So. I
1: don't know what, he was uh,
0: an actor, basketball player, and politician.
1: What were the Philippines-U.S. relations like in 1995? Naval base. Had a base in the Philippines Massive maybe. naval base And, and he's they, a politician Yeah I guess he has some clout maybe
0: mm. Alright Okay so now there's There's one more thing right That I thought was like Really quite convincing They had this one American bicycle shop owner <laughs> <laughs> right. Confirm That Hubert bought a bicycle On 30th June 1991 The day where the Viscondes Were murdered Okay They were like no, he couldn't have been murdering them He was in the US Buying a bicycle
1: But uh, I find it very difficult to believe that You could Like he If he was really there for such a long period of time He would have had friends there He would have had like People who see him regularly It's no, been no, so yeah, easy yeah. to find out
0: So there <laughs> were a ton of his family members and friends That actually stepped up and were like Yeah, he was in the US at that point of time Alright Yeah But then Right Here was the counter-argument that Hubert could have flown to the US Flew back to the Philippines And chosen not to get his passport stamped
1: Is that a choice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess How is that so. a choice?
0: <laughs> could have come back Done some drugs Committed the rape and murder And then flown back but to the US But he would have
1: gotten a second stamp in his passport
0: Right? So I personally don't think you can do this But I don't know much about immigration At that point of time and the other thing is that the US doesn't allow actual diplomat, diplomats or like civil servants to testify on cases that aren't American. You know, they aren't allowed to testify on foreign cases. Apparently, they're allowed to provide documentation.
1: Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. No, as in, okay, when you say diplomats, but presumably civil servants are the ones you want to testify yeah. on. So like the immigration officer who stamped the passport. Mm,
0: but they aren't so allowed they are not to. Interesting. Alright, so now this was in the 1990s. And so the thing is that DNA evidence was already around, but there wasn't a lot of faith in it. Hmm. So this is what the webs were actually pushing for. They were pushing for DNA evidence. And they were very, very certain that DNA evidence would acquit Hubert. But the court turned it down. And the court, and this judge in particular, she actually rejected a lot a lot of their evidence. So I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could like reject evidence. No, you
1: can't. Wait, um, hang on. He, the, the judge uh, rejected... Web's evidence Yes So as in You can reject evidence On like a lot of bases The most common one That everybody knows about Is hearsay Like Mm. if you have hearsay evidence It's not allowed right So they can reject evidence On that basis And there's like other stuff
0: Judge Emerlita Tolentino She admitted only 10 pieces of evidence Out of 142 pieces And the judge thought that the defense witnesses, especially the U.S.-based witnesses, like Hubert's friends and family in the U.S., had, like, I guess the phrase used is selective memories. Okay. Yeah. And she thought that the documents, which is a bit strange for me, like the ones from U.S. immigration and the naturalization service there, and she thought that the documents from their own Philippines Bureau of Investigation could have been faked, given how powerful the Webb family was.
1: Okay. Probably not grounds for rejecting the evidence But like to examine whether it's fake or not She should have accepted it And then ask for the prosecution to prove that it's fake
0: mm. yeah. But she just rejected it And the remaining six Including Hubert They were found guilty of rape and murder Of the Visconde family woman And Oh, I forgot to mention Two of them, they just ran off two Like eight, so they were eight they guys, right? Right yeah, so they just ran
1: away. Okay. Wait, how is this... They, they got convicted? Yeah. So, but you said this is an unsolved mystery. Yeah. So we're not done you? yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> right, Ruben? <laughs>
0: we're not done yet. Okay, so the remaining six that didn't run off, including Hubert, they were found guilty of the rape and murder of the Visconde family woman. And they were ordered to give 3 million Philippine pesos to the Visconde family. So that's about eighty-two point eight thousand dollars and they yeah. were sentenced to life in prison. Six of them. Yes. Alright, the policeman, Geraldo byong he was found guilty of evidence tampering and he was sentenced to 11 years in prison.
1: Wait, the first, the murderers were life in prison? Yeah. And he was 11 years? Yeah. Okay.
0: Alright, so the policeman was eventually released on November 30th, 2010, after serving his full sentence. Now, Hubert Webb's family, they are rich, they are powerful, they have a lot of resources, so they try appealing again and again and again. So in 2005, the Court of Appeals voted 3-2 to deny his motion for reconsideration. So they kept to the same original ruling and they actually increased the damages. Okay Yeah So I didn't know That was a thing You yeah, can appeal yeah. And then suddenly Your worse. In, yeah,
1: in Singapore It's happened also Like some guy Appealed his Prison sentence And he went up To the court of appeal And the court of appeal Was like Nope We're gonna give you More prison <laughs> Yeah So now <laughs> it
0: feels Like appealing is a bit of a risk huh? <laughs> Especially if your, your Original sentence Is not too bad Maybe you don't Want to do that but third time's a charm in court. And in April 2010, DNA testing was approved because by 2010, everybody's like, eh, okay, yeah, it's legit. Now.
1: But so they had collected DNA evidence? They so had
0: they collected have... some DNA evidence. They still had it. Yeah. All right, so now they, they have to go back and find the DNA swaps that they took, right? So the court went to the MBI. And I mean, MBI's like, I don't have the swaps. Maybe they have the regional police. They go to the <laughs> regional police and the regional police is like, no, they're with the NBI. So okay. they lost the DNA evidence. They were like completely missing.
1: Okay. All
0: right. And when, I guess, and when they found that out, on 8th October 2010, Hubert, he filed an urgent motion for acquittal.
1: Okay. So <laughs> on 8th October 2010. So this is another five years from when... No, no. They- so
0: this is the third, the third. Uh, Time he's in court But the second appeal So in April 2010 They appealed for the second time
1: Yeah
0: And then in between They found out that the The DNA was missing Oh right
1: Sorry 2005 it was dismissed Because uh, No reason They increased his penalty (laughs) And then Second appeal Yeah They they find out that they lost the DNA
0: And then On December 14th 2010 The Supreme Court of the Philippines they reversed all earlier judgments
1: On what basis?
0: On the basis of these four things, alright? Okay. One, the loss of DNA wasn't grounds for acquittal. Yeah, but it was like, oh, you know what? This whole thing is a little bit mismanaged. Yep. Alright, number two, Jessica's testimony was unreliable because she was an informant. She was, I guess, character-wise a drug addict.
1: Mm.
0: Alright, and she couldn't explain why the house was ransacked if it wasn't a robbery. Because mm. the whole house was a bit messy and they could, didn't explain why the purse was messed up and why the window was broken and all that. Mm. Alright. Number three. The unreliability of the other witnesses. Okay. Yeah. So like the helper, the guards and everybody, they were like deemed like, I guess kind of unreliable maybe. Yeah. And Hubert's... Number four is Hubert's very, very strong alibi that he was in the US. And... Because this was all based on the fact that if Hubert orchestrated the crime and Hubert wasn't the one to initiate Carmela's rape and the family's murder, it wasn't like anybody else in the group was really going to. On these four things, the Supreme Court acquitted them. Okay. Yeah. And with this group acquitted, the police had no more leads. The case went cold, where it remains today, unsolved.
1: So they were in prison for 15 years Yeah Actually it might not be of 1995 to When to was he uh, The judgement was in 2000 Yeah He might have been out on bail I guess mm.
0: But 10 years is a long time to be in jail For a crime that you probably didn't commit
1: I don't know It doesn't. I'm not sure he didn't commit the crime Yeah but
0: he, like if he really <laughs> didn't I would have If I was him and he really didn't I would be so indignant I'd be like Excuse me? Okay, I was in the US. Bad.
1: There was like a dude in the US, I think, who was like in yeah. prison for 40 years. Yeah. And then he got acquitted after 40 years. So like, most of his life was in prison. That's
0: crazy. Yeah. And like part of the evidence that Hubert Webb's family actually submitted, right, Well, like videos, like home videos
1: of him in the US.
0: In the US in that time period. And then the judge was like, hmm, not reliable. Let's throw this out. But what
1: was, yeah, okay. Could just be an incompetent judge. There's no motive for the judge to want to acquit, to convict him, right? Yeah, so but
0: maybe it was like public pressure. Maybe it was the sense that everybody felt that like the rich and powerful could get away with anything in Philippines at that time. I guess. Yeah.
1: It's quite strange. It's quite was the Supreme Court was in twenty ten. Yeah. Most countries. Yeah. <laughs> Singapore included the court, the appeal courts, won't really. Used to not really look into um, Whether a witness is credible or not Because mm-hmm. they don't actually get to meet the witness oh. Like only the trial court The first court Has Meets the witness and cross-examines them oh. And then the appeal courts They just look at what happened in the first one and So they don't get
0: anything new You don't get to put forth anything You can anything only put new.
1: forth new evidence If you can show that for instance You could not have obtained it at the first trial There's mm-hmm. a strict Like in most countries There's yeah. a strict Policy against putting in new evidence Yeah um, That you could have put in In the first instance Yeah So Because of that Because the only person Who actually Met the witness And could have Like Judged their character Is mm-hmm. the first judge mm-hmm. Most of them don't Like reverse that Yeah But like That's changed in Singapore now mm-hmm. It's interesting that In 2010 The Philippine court Was already willing to like Say okay no, This guy seems unreliable mm. Even though the first judge Was like no He's reliable But
0: looking at Jessica Like even with everybody else backing up her story, when I look at it, I feel like it's it might feel a bit unreliable. I guess. Like, she has a vested interest in keeping the police happy if she wanted to continue being an informant, you know?
1: Mm, I guess, yeah. It'd be interesting to see whether she was being paid for the information or they're just saying that all right, we're not gonna put you in prison. If you <laughs> <keep>. <laughs> hey, that, that seems more likely. <laughs> like they're like we're
0: not gonna put you in prison for like during travel if you as long as you keep
1: informing. Yeah, no, you I, I blow and then you. Like, you I interest.
0: always wonder that why do you have to pay your informants when you can just threaten them with with put not putting them in jail, you know? Cause
1: no, I'm pretty sure that like the plea bargains and all on that basis. Like mm. like um, we'll give you a shorter sentence if you inform. Yeah, you, like not. But then to like pay
0: you. them on top of that.
1: Like for example mm-hmm. uh, If you found out That your key witness Is giving evidence Because he's being paid Let's say You're a drug lord <laughs> uh, And the police Is coming after you Yeah And like So you put forth Like a witness A witness comes forward Yeah And during the trial you, it transpires and people come to know that the drug lord has been paying this witness. Mm. Immediately, what did you think about the witnesses' evidence? Yeah, that, that is unreliable. Yeah, so don't think right? about this. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> the drug lord was the prosecution, Of the police, <laughs> right? And their key witness—you found out during the trial the key witness was being paid by the police. Yeah, like wouldn't it be the same thing? Wouldn't you immediately assume that any evidence you're giving is like not credible for any case?
0: That um. is a fair point. All right, listeners, what do you think? Should informants be paid? Thanks for being on this episode, Ruben, and bringing with you your real lawyer, real knowledge.
1: Perhaps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, and thank you listeners to listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase Podcast, The Visconde Family Massacre. You can find us on A Briefcase Podcast on Instagram and a abriefcasepodcast.com online. And do join us next week for...
1: Another Briefcase I said it This is like Another briefcase